Welcome to the Sermon of the Week. Before you begin listening, let me pray that you would encounter God right where you are. Father, I ask that your Spirit would be present wherever people are listening. May they be aware of your presence and receptive to the voice of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you listen to this week's message. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that the census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to a son, or to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch, keeping watch over their flocks at night and an angel of the lord appeared to them and the glory of god showed around them and they were terrified but the angel said to them do not be afraid i bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of david a savior has been born to you and he is the messiah the lord this will be a sign to you you'll find the baby lie wrapped in cloths and lying in a nature. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And who all, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Is the highest your name is the greatest your name stands above them all above all thrones and to me is all house and positions your name stands above them all is your name is the highest your name the greatest your name
census meant there were no rooms in the inn, so onward through Bethlehem the couple traveled with him. Mary on a donkey, heavy with child, Joseph led the way through the city to be counted and filed. Bethlehem was so full as they knocked on each door. Owners shook their heads, rooms? No, we have no more. Till a stable was offered to lay down their heads, but a birthplace for a king it became instead. As donkeys neighed and sheep gathered around, the stable was quiet, except for their animal sounds. The earth held her breath and the winds all froze as a tiny babe was born with all 10 fingers and toes. He smelled of the sweetness of honeysuckle in the evening air, the most beautiful sight. Mary just sat and stared. Night flowers bloomed as the shepherds did gaze as they stood guard over their sheep as they grazed. When out of the darkness an angel did appear, fear not, for I bring you tidings of good cheer. For born to you in the city of David this day is a savior who slumbers in a manger of hay. That special star in the sky that shines ever so bright guides the way to the babe, so follow its light. As Mary beheld her sweet baby's face, how could she have known he would take humanity's place. As he lay cooing in a manger, safely tucked away, the savior of the world left his throne for a bed of hay. Mary and Joseph embraced, smiling at their newborn son. How could they have known that through his sacrifice, eternity would be won? His velvet cheeks and dimpled little hands would one day be bloodied for the sins of man. As Mary cradled her little boy, and Joseph looked on with a father's great joy, it was a quiet, peaceful, beautiful night as the shepherds arrived to behold the sight. I wonder when Jesus gave his first coup and first sigh, did heaven rejoice or did they also cry? Did all the angels sing songs of great praise or did they also mourn the coming of days? Birth itself signals new life. But Christ was born to suffer, take our sins and our strife. His name means God saves, and gracious is he. What a Christmas gift, his life, to save you and me. From a wooden manger to the brutal cross, so much to take on, such love and such loss. Did heaven cry and then rejoice that Jesus' death and resurrection would silence hell's voice? For a babe born on this most silent of nights, 
opened eternity's door as the way, truth, and light. Let us never forget the reason why we celebrate Christmas, love lived and love died, but Jesus overcame death, so there is no longer a sting. Jesus, our Savior, our Redeemer, our King. When we think about Christmas, we usually think about lights, we think about family time, we think of carols, we think of gifts. I mean, let's face it, who does not like a good gift at Christmas, right? Now, it's fun to see Christmas morning when children rush, as I was saying before, out of their bed at 4.30 in the morning because they couldn't sleep with the excitement that they have in them. And uh, they come and they just grab paper and rip it as fast as they can because they want to see what's behind the box, right? The excitement, the joy is there. One Christmas, I remember many years ago, we were visiting my wife's uncle and aunt, and my brother-in-law and I had this great idea that we would switch all the name tags on the gifts. Needless to say, they were not very pleased on Sunday morning, on, on that Christmas morning when they went and my uncle got some lingerie. That was not what he was hoping for. We all agree that gifts are fun. And I think it's fun to, to get something that represents you, that you can just say, you know, I got this at Christmas Day. But you know what? Christmas is not all about gifts, right? I think we all understand that we would say that we would agree that Christmas is more than just about gifts. And yet the National Retail Federation this year has forecasted that Americans in this critical economical year in our country will actually spend anywhere from 966 B, as in boy, billion dollars. And some that actually say that we could go up to 1.1, and then some others that say 1.3 trillion dollars. It's astounding. Gifts are important. And so, 2,000 years ago, God, God himself sent us the greatest of all gifts in the form of Jesus. And I want to read a scripture for us today that's found in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 10. I invite you to read it with me behind me. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. And anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. I love it. I think we need to say that into our heads a few times. This is real love. You say, what is it? Real love is this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Now, it's been said that love does not define God, but it is God 
who defines love. You see, God does not just love us. God, in his, the essence of God, is actually love. He is pure love. Love originated with God. And from the very first day of creation to this moment in time, God's plan was always and never strayed from sharing his love to each and every one of us. Pure and unconditional love. Sadly, much of what we consider today love in our culture, in our society, is not pure and unconditional. Some, in fact, have even developed their own definition of love. Friends, there is no real, pure love apart from God. Can I hear an amen this morning? There is no pure love apart from God. He has created us in His image. And what he desires from all of us is for us to love him first and then love others the way that he loves us first and then he loves others. That is love. Verse 7 and 8 say, Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Those are pretty strong words. If we don't understand love, is because we have not actually met God. Now, when we learn to love God, as God loves us, and we learn to love others as God loves us, what we are doing, we are communicating something very powerful to people. We're communicating the image of God to others. We're expressing God in us to others. I love that when somebody was just telling me recently, you know what, if Jesus lives in us and God lives in us and God is love, why is it that we don't love each other the way we should? Why is it that we struggle sometimes with the concept of love? God's love is pure and is genuine. And if we are struggling and if you struggle with the concept of love and experiencing and understanding the love of God, the true love of God, there may be just a reason. And the reason is what we read, that maybe we have not known God because if you don't know God, you can't really love the way God wants us to love Him and others. His love is endless. And his love for us is relentless. His love does not disappoint us. It is strong. It is strong. And it will not be strong today and feeble the next. God's love is consistent. It's the same. It is not given because of good behavior. God will not love you any more or any less whether you are amazing today and not so good tomorrow. His love will always be constant, consistently the same for you and for me. God's love is not conditional. It's not the kind of love that says, you scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of love. God's love is constant. God showed in verse 9, it says, how much he loved us by sending his son his only son into the world, so that we might have eternal life through him. You know, 
When you think of gifts, let me ask you this question. What does your mind go to? What do you think about when you think of gifts? Maybe you think of gifts that have great value. The one that's the big one, the size, maybe it's impressive. If you get a big gift, you think, wow, amazing. I got the big one. But you know, size doesn't always equal to value, right? Like would, can we agree to that? How many of you have been into one of those gift exchange grab bags and you're like, you're looking at all the bags and you're looking at the tiny little thing and you're looking and you say, there's no way I'm not choosing that one. And then you see the big one and you're hoping that nobody will get that because you got your eyes on it. I want the big one. And then you open it up and it's like, oh man, I'll never use this thing ever in my life. What was I thinking? Can I exchange? Can I go back and get the medium-sized one? I think we all got caught in that. Sometimes size can trick us. But how do we measure a good gift? Now, in most cases, in most cases, it's based on an individual's preference, right? It's your preference, my preference of what we want to do with a gift. And some like the usefulness, some like the quality of the gift. Others feel emotionally connected to the gift. And others just love being surprised. Surprise me. It doesn't matter what it is. It's a gift. I'll take it. You know, growing up in Italy, I did not celebrate Christmas the way that we do here in the United States. A little different. Maybe they do things differently Today, I don't know. I've been gone for 38 years, so it's been a long time. But I will tell you that I never, we never grew up with a Christmas tree and a mount of gifts uh, under the Christmas tree. Uh, what we did, we celebrated a different day. It was the 6th of January, which is Epiphany Day. And it is a day in which by, you can read this on Wikipedia, by the way, this old lady on a broom will bring you gifts. Her name is Bafana. I mean, you have an old man with a long beard. We have a, an old lady with a broom. What can I tell you? But you know what? One year, we, my brother and I, my older brother and I, we had begged my dad to get us a foosball table. I mean, for, I th it felt like it was years that we were saying, Dad, we need to have that, the next one, the next one, Dad, the next one. Finally, we knew that he had gotten a big gift because he locked it inside of his bedroom. And, and so we're like excited at night. We can barely sleep. We're like looking at each other. This is it. This is it. We're like waking up on the hour and there's like nothing in front of our bed. I'm like, what is going on? Maybe we're not getting it. We fell asleep and he came when we were sleeping. He put that foosball table there. We were like on top of the world. Can I tell you, I checked all of my conditions there. I mean, it was big. It was, you know, preferential for me. That's what we had wanted. We had all of those desires for filled in that gift. Friends, I want to tell you that 2,000 years ago, God sent us the big one too. He sent us his son, Jesus. He sent us the very best. He sent him to us because he valued you and I more than we'll ever put value on ourselves. When he looked at you and me, he says, man, this is my son. This is my daughter. I want to give him the greatest gift I can possibly give to them. He gave us his very best. In verse 10 says, this is real love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away 
our sins. What an incredible, incredible, mindful, purposeful desire from God to us. On that starry night in Bethlehem, over 2,000 years ago, God showed us the greatest form of love in the form of Jesus. He is the greatest gift. Now, when you think about gifts, what has the greatest value to you? I, you're probably wondering, what does he have behind this table? Let me just turn it here so you see it. Uh, I have some gifts. I have gifts. And so, <clears throat> they're beautifully wrapped. I wrapped them myself. <laughs> following the instructions. But you know what? Each of these gifts represents something that we're all very passionate about, I think, as humans. So, if I open this, it's a small thing, but there's something inside. Let me see. There's, oh, there's a thousand dollars right here. It's a thousand dollars. There's a new car. How many of you would like a new car? I got a new car. And there's also, wow, this is probably the best one. An expense, all expense paid vacation to Italy. Thank you very much. You know, that, those are pretty valuable gifts, right? And, and we would put a lot of value in money, in, uh, you know, in vacation, in a new car, something pretty big, right? And let me go to something maybe a little bit smaller, or maybe a little bit bigger. What's this? Oh, a spouse and a family. I mean, who doesn't desire a spouse and a family? That's important. Let's go to the next one. Oh, we got a bunch of gadgets here. We have a new iPhone. Anybody want a new iPhone? I just got mine. Don't get too excited. <clears throat> a new camera, I think. You know, I'm sure my son will probably say, I'll take that. Uh, smart TV. Hey, I mean, got to have the latest in technology. How about a new laptop? I mean, those are great gifts. Very important. Very important. And there's this one here. What does this have? I mean, oh, hey, this will make all the women in the house very happy. New clothes and jewelry. I mean, you got to have clothes and jewelry. I mean, it, it, life is not the same without clothes and jewelry. And then we have the big one. I wonder what's in the big one. Well, the big one is the big one that God sent to us, is Jesus. Now, you might say, why is it that you're doing all this? Well, <clears throat> let me illustrate it this way. Here's what we do typically. We take the things of most value to us, cars, money, vacation, all the fun things, and we make that the foundation of our lives. And then on top of that, we say, well, you know, I do want a family. Let me see if it'll stay together. Well, yeah, okay, well, that, that's good so far. But then, you know, I also want to have, I want to have gadgets, and I want to have all kinds of fun stuff. Look what happens. Priorities. It cannot stand together because we have our priorities wrong. But you know what? Let's just now make Jesus the center of our lives. And then you can add some, it's okay to add some clothes and some jewelry. That's okay, right? 
you know, and then on top of that, you can also add a nice vacation and, and all kinds of gadgets. And all, I mean, God doesn't want you to be poor and looking bad. He wants you to have some good clothes and good jewelry and, and go on vacation, have a good car and have money in the bank. And then on top of that, you can put other things and then you can even put money on top of it. Oh, look at that. I mean, it's almost standing. There, there, come on, you can make it. There you go. Almost. I will make it. There you go. Stay there. You get the point. <laughs> Let Jesus be the foundation. Jesus wants to be the foundation of our life. So think about it like this. When we position ourselves to put the first things first, our lives can be built up into a stronger life for God. Now, if God looks at us today, he sees us and he says, you know, I know what you need. You might think that you know what you need, but I know what you need. And here's the truth. If God thought that we needed more money, he would have sent us a financial guru. If God thought that we need a companionship, he would have sent us a spouse. If God thought that we needed justice, he would have sent us a judge. If God thought that we needed law and order, he would have given us a police officer. If God thought that we needed someone to lead our country, he would have sent us a politician. But you know what? God, God's love is practical. And God communicates his love in words and action. And so when he saw the state of humanity, when he saw you and me, he wrapped the greatest expression of his love in the form of Jesus. The king of the universe came to earth. He laid aside the glories of heaven because he had a mandate. That was, we read it in verse 10, to save us, to redeem us. The highest expression of love is Jesus, born in human form, who would later grow up and to give his life for the salvation of humanity. The coming of Jesus, friends, displays the depths of the Father's love for us. There is absolutely no other option. There was no other option in heaven that day, and there is still no other option today. God's plan is the best plan, and it is the plan that he devised before the foundation of the earth to bring us life, and that is in the form of Jesus. You are important to God. And wherever you may be in life, or whatever your past may look like, or your present conditions right now, He loves you. He loves you. And it is up to us to unwrap that gift of love that Jesus came to earth to die for. I have a gift here that I want to give somebody. I didn't know who to give it to, but I think I know now. It's a little gift, if that's okay. Where's Powell? Powell, my friend, come over here. I have a gift for you. Powell from Spain. That's for you. <laughs> it's wonderful to give gifts. We have hats made with our logo. That's you're wondering, what is that you give them? For all of you guys, you have to get involved. You have to serve in church in the tech team. Joe will tell you how to do that. 
Friends, for all of us, our wholeness, our joy, our fulfillment in this life is really only based and dependent upon us unwrapping that beautiful gift. We have to unwrap this beautiful gift in Jesus. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. Not that you love God, but that he loves you. Not that you impressed God with all your knowledge and your understanding, but that he loved you. He loved you. This is not just an idea, friends. God's love is not just a theory to be read or learned about in books. It's not just a concept to be grasped, but a person <clears throat> to be known. His love is a masterpiece. The depth, the width, the height, the length of his love exceeds all human knowledge and understanding. His love has the power to transform our lives so that we can receive the joy and the hope and the freedom that God has for all of us. Friends, his love is not complicated. It's unconditional. The question today, and I close with this question, is this. Do you want God's love to remain a mystery? Or will you embrace it and receive it? Because regardless of where you may be in life today, we will never, you will never, and I will never be out of the reach of God's love. So the question today as we close is, what gift will you unwrap this Christmas? My prayer for all of us, for all of you, if you have not yet made that step to receive Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior, is that you would unwrap the greatest gift of all, and that is Jesus. He is the greatest gift of all, Jesus.
Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. If you live in the Charlotte area, we encourage you to worship with us on Sundays at 10 a.m. We encourage you also to give to this ministry so we can continue spreading the gospel to our city and throughout the world. You can go to our website at missioncommunity.cc, click on the Give button, and the rest is simple. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.